Let's bring in George Cipollone III, joining us, Portfolio Manager at Penn Mutual Asset Management. Uh, George, we've got earnings that are uh, a problem right now, but it seems like Apple came in to save the day, and uh, we're okay in bonds and the dollar after a pretty juicy inflation print this morning. Uh, what do you think this is telling us if we can withstand all this? Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing, Ali, if you think about it, because coming into earnings season, we knew it wasn't going to be, you know, terrific, so to speak. And we've had some really bad earnings reports from from the big tech and the fang, so to speak, kind of lost their teeth in this in this quarter. Um, and I know it's been really painful, but I think the average tech stock in the S&P has been down roughly 30 percent. So they're down a lot from peak. And, and, and again, if you look at Amazon's earnings, I mean, there are some, some concerning things that they said from a consumer standpoint, but what I'm really surprised about, so if you look at the Dow now versus the NASDAQ, you are seeing some really good strength from industrials, which are global companies. And you wouldn't have thought that given the direction of the dollar, uh, given their, um, the weakness in China and the weakness in Europe. Those are really surprising results. And I think that's really holding up the market overall. The Strength in the Dow uh, is uh, indeed, I think, one of the most important things that's happened here over the last couple of weeks. Russell, too, uh, the small cap value trade. Uh, could we be seeing a turning of the tide here uh, where instead of everything just falling apart, going down together, maybe some stuff goes down, some stuff goes up? I mean, we've been hoping, a lot of people have been waiting for that, and it always seems to be a head fake. What will determine if this time it actually lasts? I, I think you're right, Ali, and, and you know as well as anybody, over the last handful of years, large cap tech has dominated stocks. And so everything else lagged, value lagged, small caps lagged, especially small cap value. Now I'm an all cap manager, so we get to see this across the cap spectrum. And yes, yeah, so it is very encouraging. So, so right now in, in, in our fund, it's a balanced fund, we can own up to 40% in dividend paying stocks. Our outperformance has been significant because we are all cap managers this year and we've seen a ratchet up of small cap. So I do think some of the underlying fundamentals for small cap stocks, obviously the valuations were much better than large caps, but we are seeing some really good fundamental earning stories in some of these companies, which is great. Now, from a larger cap standpoint, you know, valuations were way out of whack and they have come in as the Fed has pulled back. I mean, we've seen trillions of dollars come out of that area just as the Fed has pulled back in trillions of dollars of terms. Uh, but underlying, yes, I do think stock pickers can and bond pickers can really do well in this type of environment. Apple obviously doing uh, a lot of the heavy lifting today, but Exxon's in there as well. And when it comes down to the sectors and the styles of companies uh, that lead, uh, energy, of course, has been a big one. Uh, but now we're starting to see some uh, maybe uh, a participation uh, outside of that group the last couple of weeks. Uh, how much uh, do you want to give a chance to some of the underperforming businesses that have seen a little bit of a bounce? Some of these growth companies have, uh, but as far as the big tech goes, different story. Uh, where do you think uh, one can find a balance between some of these more industrial and kind of cyclical energy names and uh, some of the more high beta risky stuff out there? How do we balance that? Sure. And so, Ali, one of the things we like to look at, we don't like to look at too many short-term bullet points. We like longer-term bullet points or longer-term factors. And I think one of the best long-term factor that we like at this point are good balance sheets, companies that are not going to be exposed to this huge spike in interest rates. 
And, and if you think about it, I mean, we've had a tremendous spike up in interest rates and that's gonna cause a ripple effect um, and, and it's not going to benefit all companies the same. I think highly levered companies may not do as well as some companies with net debt uh, free balance sheets, which, which are the ones that we like to focus on. So I think that's one important key. The other one is companies with pricing power versus companies that do not have pricing power. And I think those are two of the really key themes that we're going to focus in and on here. Is there any potential that bonds will start working properly uh, to hedge stocks? I mean, it seems like, again, as we've seen a little bit of firmness in stocks, a lot of that has come as uh, the Treasury market has firmed up somewhat. Obviously, it hasn't worked like that uh, so far this year. Uh, is there potential here that maybe we're at a turning point? I, th I think I think there could be, and so if you notice, the market's very very sensitive now to obviously what the central banks going to go, are, are going to do. Uh, we saw Bank of Canada pull back yesterday. We're hearing some whispers that maybe even the Fed will talk about a pivot. And I do think once the central banks start to pull back, bond that that bond correlation with stocks may act a little differently. And um, and yeah, I mean personally, I mean there's there, it, so, so there is finally an alternative in fixed income, and for us that that's you know refreshing because there hasn't been. Zero, investing in a zero rate environment was not fun for a bond investor and a credit investor. And now there is alternatives. And, and to us, that's, that's great. We're looking at a chart here, the 20 plus year treasury bond and the S&P far right, obviously both down together. Not a lot of instances where we see them both to this extreme. Uh, yeah. How do we make sure that we're not uh, falling into another trap, though, George? I've heard the Fed pause and pivot thing a few times this year, and it always comes and, uh, back to bite us. Yeah, so it, it's tricked investors a lot this year. And so, you know, it, again, I, I think the good thing, the underlying good thing is that there is finally yield to invest in. Um, you can finally, for, for, for the first time in a long time, get paid to take risk in the bond market. And, and that, again, obviously is very, very refreshing. Now, we are going to get swung around. I mean, we are not done here. Even if the Fed stops raising, they'll probably just keep it sideways for a while, right? And, and if you think about what's going on in Europe, what's going on globally, even what's going on in the U.S. with the U.S. consumer, I mean, these are all questions that still need to be answered. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet by any stretch. I do think it's going to be a challenging period. But within the context of that challenge, again, I think risk can get paid now, which it was not getting paid before, uh, which again, for, for investors is, uh, is potentially a good thing. Okay. Uh, George, uh, what do you uh, uh, think next week we hear from the FOMC? Any thoughts uh, real quick before we open this bell on what we might hear from Jay Powell? Yeah, I, I, again, I think everybody's going to be looking for any kind of whisper, whisper of a pivot. Um, for me, longer term, you know, we're just going to focus on the bottom up and uh, and we'll see how it all works out. And, and go Phillies. Go Phillies. <laughs> all right. Nice. OK, good luck to you. Uh, appreciate it, George. Thanks. Thank uh, you, Dolly. George Cipollone from Penn Mutual Asset Management.